Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. And uh, you know what? Sometimes props are deserved. And I think both Jamie and I had New Hampshire pretty well nailed down in a lot of ways, don't you think? Yeah, I was very happy, actually, uh, not only on your show, but in some of the other places that I'm on, that I, I talked up Kasich because I'd seen it, you know, just like a week ago in Iowa when I saw the Rubio stuff. And it was obvious to me, too, that Rubio had hit a wall as well after his Saturday debate performance. And and the other thing, clearly, was just the feeling I got on the ground at the Hillary Clinton events, at the Bernie Sanders events, and in interviewing people. I mean, I interviewed a voter after I got done talking to you yesterday. I was at uh, the Exeter uh, uh, town polling place. And there was a, a woman that I interviewed, and she said she voted for Bernie Sanders. And I said, well, you know, what if Hillary is the nominee? And it looked like the reaction on her face, like I'd thrown cold water in her face. I mean, she just wanted no part of that. You could tell she said, well, it would be under duress, but I guess I'd have to do it. And, I, and you know, you just pick up things like that, and it just seems that New Hampshire, which had been such a reservoir of support for Hillary Clinton and the Clintons, period, 92, and then again eight years ago, and yet it just isn't there, wasn't there this time. And it, it raises serious questions, obviously, for her. I mean, I went back and looked at the map, Sean. Hillary Clinton won four precincts in the entire state of uh, New Hampshire, four of three. All right. So that raises the most important question of the day. How is it that she will walk away with more delegates out of New Hampshire when the whole state was colored Bernie? Well, it's because of the, the way that the Dems have the superdelegates, which are the elected officials who are officially non-committed, uncommitted, but they can decide who they want to be aligned with. Uh, it's different than the Republicans. The Republicans usually in every state have three uncommitted officials. It's usually uh, the Republican National Committee members, and then maybe it might be a governor or something like that. So three top officials that are quote-unquote uncommitted, whereas the Democrats have a whole bunch of these superdelegates. Remember, eight years ago, it was a big deal then that Barack Obama was winning, but Hillary Clinton had the sort of the machine of getting all those establishment people on board with her. So that's how. She didn't win more delegates, quote-unquote, from New Hampshire. She had already locked up those superdelegates before the vote even occurred yesterday. Well, I, I agree, but, I mean, if I'm Bernie Sanders, now this is what's amazing about this. If you look at all the delegates that have been awarded so far, uh, and she gets the eight superdelegates, she, uh, as I knew it, six were committed, but the other two apparently going for her too, right? Yes, that's yeah. what I heard, yes. Yeah. All right, so... That would mean Clinton holds a pretty commanding lead, even though I can make an argument that she lost in Iowa. She would have 394 delegates, both super and electorally assigned, and 42 for Sanders. Is my math right? Uh, I haven't seen the updated numbers, but you're, you're absolutely correct that she obviously has more at this point in time. And as you know, that is those are the numbers to pay attention to long term. Obviously, how many delegates do you have? How close can you get to the majority? And the same thing on the Republican side. You know, you look at it. Donald Trump actually got a boost of ex several extra delegates yesterday because a number of people did not get to the 10 percent threshold to qualify for delegates. So though uh, some of that got kicked up to him in an extra little bonus yesterday. And yeah, I, I had a listener send me an email email today venting frustration about, you know, you guys keep talking about how people are going to get out of the race. It's ridiculous. It's only two states. You know, that's the this happens all the time. I mean, people all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, try I'm trying to understand that criticism, because after Iowa, usually people drop out after New Hampshire, people drop out. And usually after South Carolina, people drop out. Yeah. And, it, and it's tough to keep going. I mean, for example, today it hasn't uh, as we're speaking now, it hasn't yet become, quote unquote, official. But it looks like Governor Christie's going to be on his way out. Uh, Carly Fiorina has announced to her supporters, even though she said last night uh, that she wasn't getting out. Now she is getting out of the race. And, you know, you look at uh, at somebody like Ben Carson. 
who was in New Hampshire and didn't really do much in the last five days. He's now going to be down in South Carolina, but he doesn't really seem to have a way forward at this point in time. So the the race keeps shrinking. And it's, you know, what was and just this, a couple weeks ago where we complained all the about too many people were in yeah. and now uh, natural sort of selection is taking charge. And, you know, look, um, as you look at the race, I mean, let's face it, on the Republican side, Trump and Cruz aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but the other three, the, the Kasich, Bush, Rubio trio, you know, if you don't do well in South Carolina and then you don't do well in Nevada, you start getting squeezed really quick. Now, I know that longer term, if you try to say, OK, this is about delegates, you get, get yourself to Super Tuesday on March the 1st. I get that. But along the way, the money starts becoming an issue as well, especially if you're not uh, winning and, uh, and, and that cash is not coming in. Um, we got a lot. Now, here's my order of winners last night. Orders of, I would say, Donald Trump. Huge night for him. He's the biggest winner. Number yeah, and two. let's not bury that lead real quick. No, I not say. at all. I mean, look, he underperformed in Iowa. He totally overperformed. Big it was time. clear in his little in his speech afterward where he said something to the effect of we learned a lot about the ground um, game. A ground yeah, game. that was so funny. They did their work yeah. and, and they, they they got their people out and they won a huge victory. And it should not be we should not spend so much time on other things that we don't note that for the record. I totally agree. I think you can. And by the way, the media last night, I was watching some uh, flipping around the dial, watching some of these idiots on TV. And there was like the biggest effort imaginable to understate the importance of that victory. But that's that's for another day now. The other big winner, and you and I saw this coming because we, we both saw two polls that had John Kasich. Well, actually, there were three of them going in that had him in second place. So the polls yeah. did pick it up. The at, late at, ones, yeah. Yeah, the late ones picked it up, and, and you and I were watching that. And I think your on-the-ground reporting of the, the crowd size was pretty indicative. So I'd give him props for last night. Um, and I think Ted Cruz leaves a winner, too. Oh, and, no, absolutely. I mean, what did I say to you yesterday? He could do anything and it wouldn't really matter. But the fact that he got up there and finished in the money. No, that was fantastic for him. Now, I did see when I was in the airport today, just before I flew home, I saw him that he was starting to turn up the heat on Donald Trump. And that answered an interesting question for, that I had is what would Cruz do now down in South Carolina? I mean, Cruz clearly has been putting together a ground game down there that is probably the best of any of the GOP hopefuls right now. Now, the question is, with Trump getting momentum, uh, does does that make this more difficult for Cruz to try to stop him down there in the Palmetto State? But this is going to be one of the the big battles here. And and Cruz, uh, listen, just like you got to see, you got to give thumbs up to Trump. Cruz certainly gets it uh, for finishing third in New Hampshire. Absolutely, I think that was big. And I think Cruz, you know, he spent less than eight hundred thousand dollars. And look at Jeb Bush, who spent thirty five million dollars. Now, I think the Jeb people feel somewhat encouraged because they did a lot better, obviously, than they did in Iowa. But is that going to be enough? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Jeb people wanted to finish ahead of Rubio, and they did. But it didn't really make much of a difference because they didn't get above Cruz. I mean, think about it. If Jeb had been able to finish second, like uh, John Kasich did, that would have been a big difference. Clearly, in South Carolina, you're going to have two fights going on. One will be Cruz and Trump, who finishes first, and you would assume one of them would be second. Though, if one of the others could slip in there, that would be a big boost for them. So South Carolina, on a few different levels, I think, Sean, will be very, very important as we move ahead here in the Republican race. All right, let's go to the Democrats. The biggest loser by far last night was Hillary Clinton. She lost <laughs> yes. every single demographic except those 65 old and older 
and those making two hundred thousand dollars plus per year. I mean, she is she even lost in minorities and everyone kept analyzing last night. Well, she's going to more fertile territory for her because there's a much higher voter turnout of minorities in South Carolina. Where's the evidence that she's going to win them? Well, you know, and and when you look at it again, from being on the ground and interviewing people, you could just feel the level of support wasn't there. It wasn't like eight years ago. The The lack of support from young people was uh, was very evident, just like in Iowa. It was evident again in New Hampshire. And the fact that at some of the events, the one that I went to over last weekend when uh, the people were openly asking her about Benghazi, these weren't Republican plants or anything like that. These were people who were asking about the issue of trustworthiness and more. And uh, there is an issue there. Now, maybe in a few weeks, we get through a number of these other states and she's riding high and, and, you know, and and doing very well. And then again, maybe not. I mean, I told you, she won in four precincts out of 300 in New Hampshire. One of them, one of them, Sean, was a precinct up north called Millsfield, the town of Millsfield. There were only three Democrats who voted. She got two votes. Sanders got one. So it's not exactly a crushing fourth Gee, uh, precinct. That's, that's that huge, wanted. that yes, fourth exactly. precinct. I think that's major. All right. Now, the poll numbers in South Carolina, as we look forward, um, are they're a little old. They're a little uh, old. Stale. Real clear politics average, though, did have a very strong lead for Trump at 16%. The state is 66% of the electorate is evangelical. I've got to believe that Ted Cruz is going to make a big push for them, especially in the, the northern and northwestern part of the state. Yeah, and he'd be really happy if Ben Carson got out of the race in the next uh, uh, 10 days oh, Although as well. Ben Carson wasn't really a factor in New Hampshire at all. Well, no, but he didn't really try. It was sort of an odd thing. He was there starting on Thursday night, but he barely had any, quote-unquote, events or anything like that. He does have a schedule of some events in South Carolina, but he left before the votes were even, the polls were even closed. He he left New Hampshire last night. So, you know, I, I, I think that there has been some talk about the Rubio camp and the Cruz camp sort of reaching out to Carson as if to say, OK, you ready to move on or what's the deal here, obviously? And he, he just doesn't seem to be a factor at this point in time. I guess from being uh, down in South Carolina a few weeks ago for the debate, it just sort of felt like at the time that Trump and Cruz were the two that had uh, the biggest amount of momentum in South Carolina. I don't think there's really anything that's changed since then. And, and to, you know, uh, and if you look that. at the so-called SEC primary, which I know you take issue with the name, but let's say Super, Super Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. If you look at those states, sim they're very similar to South Carolina. You're talking oh, yeah. about a lot of red southern states. And in those states, you, if you've noticed, Trump has gone, gone to Alabama and Arkansas and Mississippi and Tennessee and all of the and he's going to Florida now coming up. He and Baton Rouge, I think he's going to. I was looking at his schedule yep. today. So he's obviously playing long ball as well as focusing like a laser beam on the state in play. See, this is why the uh, the takedown of Rubio by Christie at the debate was so important in a positive way for both Cruz and, and Trump, because if Marco Rubio had, had gotten through that debate, and again, I'm not blaming Christie here, this is politics, but if... if uh, I Christie thought it was a little harsh, in my humble opinion, and I'm not saying, I'm not really being critical, but I just thought it was harsh, and I think every candidate, if you go to their stump speech, how many stump speeches have you been to? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. And okay. you hear the same thing. That's and they what, say the reporter, exact same thing every as time. As a reporter, you start to know the stump speech. That's the scary part. I always remember right. years ago when Bob Dole was running. Bob Dole had this one line. He would say, 
Uh, you know, there's never been a speaker named Newt, and everybody would applaud, you know, with the mention of Gingrich. And I think we were in Aiken, South Carolina, and I'd heard it probably about 45, 50 times at that point in time, and I said a little too loudly in a sort of a sigh. I said, let me guess, there's never been a president named Bob. And this woman who was there to see the event shot me this really dirty look about 15 feet away because she heard me. You probably then, thought you were part of the liberal media. And then Dole <laughs> said that exact line, and it was sort of funny. So, uh, look, uh, I think Christie, by hitting Rubio, and again, totally fair if you want to do that. That's what politics is all about. But it stopped Rubio from basically booting Kasich, Bush, and Christie out of the race. And you would have had then... Trump and Cruz fighting over sort of the same group, and you might have had then a Rubio or somebody else able to, to get through and win in a three-way race. Now, that's not going to happen anytime soon, I don't think, and so that probably improves the chances longer term for both Trump and Cruz. All right, so the bottom line is you had a very good, accurate call. Uh, you being on the ground is extraordinarily insightful. Great job. Tell it me, It really is a lot of fun to be there. It is. Yeah, no, listen, I love this time of... of the election cycle as well. I mean, it's a lot I'm like of fun. The luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. In all seriousness. Well, you coming because... to my speech because I'm going to be speaking next Thursday at the conservative review event. Uh, it's supposed in, to be in, like eight thousand people there in D.C. or where? No, that's in South Carolina. Oh, I didn't. Uh, um, well, tell me where it is, and I'll be down there. Are yes, you going to cover be down it there next week? And I went to the Hannity event in South Carolina last <laughs> night. The crowds were overflowing. As a matter of fact, overflowing they put... for President Hannity. Yeah, yes. they overflowed to the point where they put monitors outside in the snowy weather. Well, I don't Seriously, know if it's gonna... Yeah. It's easy to sit. You can sit. I can sit in D.C. and I can opine on the race. But to get out there and interview the, all the, the voters and see things, it just gives you a level of of insight that you just don't get anywhere else. Listen, and when I was in Iowa, so New Hampshire, I poll every person I meet. Who do you like? Who do you support? Who do you yeah. like? Who do you support? I ask everybody. And then it's the greatest. I get to travel around and drive all these places. And I saw these small little towns in, in New Hampshire yesterday. You know, the people filing into the town halls and everything. Just a fantastic sight. There was a sign on one. It said presidential primary. And then underneath it, it said bake sale. And I thought, <laughs> how fantastic. Is I want to go to the bake sale. One of the things that I love is going to every town and city and going to the best place for food. You know, everything with me is food-related, so <laughs> I had the best pork chop in New Hampshire. You get the best food in Iowa. That, huh? Oh, All so right. good. And and the other thing is, is you realize how great the people in this country are. Yep. You just no, you know, you realize and, how great the country is. Yeah, you really sense. do. Yes. It's the people that are great, not the politicians. They suck. <laughs> All right, Jamie. See you, Sean. I'm sure you agree with every remark I just made. Thank you. 